It's time now for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us, pinballprofile at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher and check us out on Instagram at Pinball Profile. Uh, spending time in Australia, so many great things, and easily one of the highlights and a to-do list, really, was going to make sure I checked out Haggis Pinball. And that's where I am. I'm with Damien Harton and Greg Silby, and they're here right now as I'm touring the facility. Hey, Damien, how are you? I'm very good, Jeff. Yourself? I'm wonderful. It's great to be in this amazing country of yours and at this facility. Greg, nice to meet you too. Yeah, nice to meet you too, Jeff. Houston Astros hat. So uh, what's that mean? You've been watching us here? or like you, Are you the cameras for the... Uh... <laughs> no, no. My, my sister's actually living in Houston at the moment. So uh, when I was over there, she uh, made, made sure I got lots of Houston stuff. So I've got, you know, Texans and Astros and a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, it's great. It is good. Good team. All right. All that aside... I know a lot of us are going to be seeing Damien and Greg at TPF in March. And once again, going to see, if you didn't see it at Expo, you're going to be seeing Celts. Let the games begin. This incredible haggis pinball machine that has come a long way since. you really only been doing this for, I guess, 13 months? Yeah, something crazy like that. It was, I think I bought my first pinbot a little bit under 18 months ago. And uh, it started from ground zero. When I got it home, I didn't know how to open the back glass. Like, I d- in fact, I got it home and I didn't have a key. So I think we, <laughs> we, we played a game and I think on the second game a ball got stuck and I couldn't take the glass off to get the ball out. That's, that's the point I started at, yeah, less than, less than 18 months ago. That is bizarre. So, again, this to me is a, a, just a great grassroots success story of Haggis Pinball and just how I know a lot of us in the pinball community are really wanting the best for Haggis Pinball because we like to see the little guy succeed and the guy who is so passionate. Listen, I've been talking to Georgia, all right, your wife, and yeah. she just says, when Damien's in something, he's into it full blast, and, and that's what it has been. So, Greg, how did you come to Haggis Pinball? First of all, let people know... You know, what you do, obviously, the programming and all that kind mm-hmm. of good stuff. Yep, so I've been working on the game programming uh, for Damien on, on Haggis Pinball's Celts. Um, so I uh, was with a, at a tournament with Damien um, probably at the start of the year, and I was asking him how Haggis was going and, and uh, what he was doing. And he was talking about how he was going to, to start doing Celts, and he was he had a very short time frame to get it ready for TPF. We want to take a whitewood over to TPF. Again, think, yeah, think of the math of that. Damien, in 2019 in January, yeah, I'm going to start something up. TPF is only a few months away, and that's yeah. bizarre. I think it was only two months oh, away, yeah. So it was tw- you would have started exactly 12 months ago, because it was January it 2019. Was January, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're sitting at a tournament, having a bit of a uh, chat about how he was going, and uh, he sort of said it was, you know, it's going to be a tight schedule. And I mistakenly said, is there anything I can do to help? <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> That's yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because Damien and I have worked together for a long time, so he knows my skill set and things I've done in, in the, the corporate world and things. So I said, you know my skills, is there anything you think I could do to help out? And uh, he said, yeah, actually, I think there is. And uh, <laughs> so getting into the software side and, and working through that was uh, sort of where I, I, uh, I helped out. And, uh, yeah, it's been a great journey since I've been really enjoying it. 
We're going to get into that software because I want to explain this game. And whenever I hear somebody talk about a game that I personally haven't flipped, it's very hard for me to visualize what we're talking about. So I'm trying to paint that picture as I describe this for those who haven't played Celts, haven't flipped it at Expo or, you know, you'll be able to see it and flip it at TPF. But you've got the three flippers, two amazing spinners, this kind of um, caber toss in the middle. And what that is, is... I want to compare it to Silver Ball Mania. Is that a safe thing to do? That kind of semi-arc or Spanish eyes or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's what everybody tells me. I'd never seen Silver Ball Mania. I, it's a compliment because yeah, it's such a fun game. Yeah, no, I I think the two initial design criteria I had when I was trying to come up with that play field, again, just making it up as I went along, was I needed it. I wanted a nice smooth outer orbit and I wanted a horseshoe because I like Space Invaders. They were sort of the oh, two yeah, things that I started with and I thought that's – and it sort of evolved from there. So, yeah. But it's very, very important, too, when we talk about some of Greg's programming. I mean, there's a lot of different modes in there, and we'll, we'll go over some of the modes a little bit, but just uh, I don't want people to be kind of lost when they listen. Okay, I, I haven't flipped it, so I don't really understand it or what to do, but there are a lot in there. There's Beat the Boar and Storm the Gates, Tug of War, and uh, Hit the High Notes, too, which I thought was funny as mm. well. So coming up with modes, Greg, what is the order of operation? I'm always fascinated by these companies. You've got Damien, who's just new into pinball. I want to create a pinball machine. Where do you start with this? Is it the play field? Is, is it the code so that you can adjust to the play field? Yeah, it's, it's probably a bit of both, to be honest. Like, you know, we don't sort of had a play field together. But what we looked at doing is we're doing Celts. It's a Scottish theme. So we looked at all things that we knew about Scotland. And Damon's got a Scottish background, so that, that helped quite a lot. Um, so that's where the Highland Games came out as you know, going through those events of the Highland Games. But also, you know, if you look at Scottish history, it's very much about clans and, you know, the clans fighting each other. So we want to really incorporate some of that Scottish heritage and history into the game as well. So, you know, there's some really great stories like Lady of the Lake and, you know, the clan battles um, that we've incorporated into that as a mode. So we use that history or information about Scotland to, to uh, drive how the modes are going to work and what they do. Yeah, the reality too of the design, I mean, it really hasn't changed from a physical playfield perspective much from the Whitewood at all. I think we, we went down from five drop targets to four drop targets and I might have made a slight adjustment to maybe the position of one or two things, but fundamentally all of the components that are in that playfield now is what was in the Whitewood for Texas. So it's been fortunate in that regard that it's at least been static enough that Greg's still been working from that consistent place and he's just been able to actually evolve the story way beyond anything I originally even thought of myself. So we've been fortunate in that regard. There hasn't been a lot of changes along the way. Well, I'll tell you one thing I noticed right away when, when I'm trying to compare, okay, with all the pinball I've played, what, what does this kind of remind me of? It's very unique, so it really doesn't remind me of any specific game. You know, right off the bat, you can pick your clan, and there are four clans. By the way, when you buy the game, you can actually have a clan of your own. You will have your name actually in this game, which I think is so cool. Yeah, yeah, so there's a get your name in the game option, and as you said, when you start, you first choose one of four clans that you want to compete as, either in the Highland Games or to battle other clans against, and one of those can be used. So as it cycles through the clans, it can be calling out your surname. We'll also put your surname on the back glass. So it's got Celts, 
clan you or your company or your business or whatever you want it to be. Uh, we'll also include in the light show your tartan. So if you actually do have some form of Scottish heritage and you actually have a clan coloured tartan, we'll include that as well as your coat of arms or shield. Well, you could just make up your colours if you yeah. want to make up your own. We'll, we'll make up a tartan for you. Yeah. As, as part of that. Well, think of that in the video game world where you create your own avatar and Correct. stuff. That's very, very cool. Now you're going to have your own, first of all, name, your call out, your own tartan, I guess. My mum's parents are Scottish too, so we actually do have a tartan. Yeah, you McLeish. Will. A lot of people, there's a lot of people that yeah, have ties back either to Scotland or Ireland. You've got to remember the Celts weren't just the Scots. I mean, everyone tends to associate them with the Scots the most, but it was it was a lot of nations there. It was the Scots and the Irish and, and even some Britons. And so the Celtics and the Celtic period was quite vast, really. That's cool for the homeowner and collector having your own. Listen, that's a pretty big deal to have your name on a game. But I like that you said the location too. And I was talking to your wife, Georgia, about that too. So you've got a, maybe a big rival. You could have a clan where you could attack somebody you don't like. Maybe, <laughs> well, I, sports are a real big thing, right? Yeah. And in this case, the clan. Or you could play as your own clan. There's just so many different options. I liked it from the owner perspective or the location perspective too. There's a lot you can do there. So again, I've... I've been in your office and I kind of saw this to-do list and the flow chart, if you will, of, you know, the priorities, obviously with TPF coming up, but I don't even know where you start for something like this. <laughs> and I do know where you started because I've watched your videos, but there's just so much to do that I'm looking at this game that it's only been a year and it's all complete and amazing. And there's something, a big, big, big reveal we're going to talk about uh, here at the in a little bit. But, I mean, where do you go? I know you farmed out the artwork and it's beautiful. Yep, correct. So we did a design challenge to get an artist on board to do all of the art package. Greg obviously came on board to do all of the games, rules and the programming. I also outsourced to a local musician to do all of the sound and the call-outs and special effects. I can't believe that's <coughs> original music. It's so well done. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. And and as you as we said, there's a number of modes and each mode has a different tune, a different song. All of our multi-balls have different songs and, yeah, they sound fantastic. Like, he's done an amazing job. He's a, he's a really talented muso and he's um he's done a fantastic job with the with the music in the game and um i also outsourced to another local chap that's been responsible for actually application of the artwork so basically the printing for the cabinets and the back glass that we're using which is also a, a custom innovative thing that we've introduced and all of those sites so yeah there's a lot of things in pinball and i've obviously had to understand and go through all of them but there's no way that i had the skill set all the time and time's been the biggest thing that's driven a lot of the decisions in this process to do everything and so I've been lucky that I've been able to either have people find me or I've found other people that are just very well aligned with the goals we're trying to achieve and also are incredibly good at what they do so we've had a little bit of a aligning of the planets to be honest. Well you're in a good country too where the pinball growth is huge but also again <laughs> people like to see this success story. You've probably when you were at Expo watched a few of the homebrew games and certainly they weren't planned to be mass produced like you are with Celts mm. but it's the same process where do you start and there's you have to do everything you're starting with a blank canvas and the timelines figuring out that is that been an area where people have helped you out with like okay before you do this you better do this and or else you're gonna have to backtrack um, not really. I mean, probably later as we've gotten closer to Expo and as there's been more moving parts with obviously Greg being involved with Coat and that, we've made more of an effort to 
yeah, do a bit more of a project plan and work out what needs to be achieved. But no, at the start, it was just simply a case of me understanding what the big picture was, which was, you know, we've got to build a pinball machine. And because I was having to learn everything, it was just biting off each chunk as I went. It's like, okay, well, I need to know how to do X. So I sat down and figured out how to do X. And then I moved on to Y and moved on to Z. So again, it would, to me, it all seemed fairly logical, the order that it needed to go in, because I couldn't flip a play field until I cut a play field. And then I couldn't put code in it until I had control systems. So it, it, it sort of logically leads you down a path by itself anyway. And for you, Greg, is there always things to do or is there times where you have to wait? I guess it's very involved with code. So I would imagine it's not like you're going, come on, Damien, let's get going. Yeah, look, it's been nonstop for 12 months um, now. So, you know, and it's, it's going through sort of different versions. And, you know, we, we had Highland Games ready at uh, TBF, but it was a very simplified version. Obviously, we've been improving those modes uh, throughout the next 10 months. Uh, but then it's been adding other multi-balls and, you know, adding more modes as, as we've been trying to develop the game and the game code and the rules. Do you have a favourite mode so far? Oh, probably um, Haggis Multiball seems to be, uh, it's probably my favourite. The music is, is great and uh, I'm not a, the greatest player in the world, so it's a fairly easy multiball to get in the game. So I, I like to hammer that one and uh, have a bit of a dance around the tune and try and score some jackpots. <laughs> well, I know you're both newish to pinball, but you're both feet in. So, I mean, you've caught up in such a quick turnaround. There are some great people here in Australia. I know Dr. John Cosson, who's, I know, purchased a game, in fact. Uh, He is a big fan, and he's a great player, and with him's daughter, Emily. Martin Robbins and Ryan C., who we all know and love from the Head-to-Head Pinball podcast, Uh, they are great players as well, too, and they've offered some help, as others have. That must be invaluable to you. Oh, absolutely. And and it was, I mean, as you said, because we're fairly new I mean, I, you know, I suppose the pair of us have been in pinball since our teenage years, as a, a lot of people our age will have been. But yeah, because we're fairly new in this last 12 to 18 months, a lot of it's been learning and, and knowing and meeting these people who are so good. But yeah, Mar- Martin's been invaluable. Ryan as well. That Ryan came um, over and had a flip of the Whitewood before I even got it to Texas, um, made a suggestion and we implemented that change oh, pretty much the next day, which was which was a very good thing. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been incredible. And now that we actually have the prototype machines out and being used, we're now getting that gamut of players um, and skillful players here in Australia that are actually able to flip it and give us some feedback, give us some advice, find all the bugs, which, you know, you, like anything you do yourself, you can never really find everything. So, yeah, it's, it's, the community's great. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, you're a pinball manufacturer, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, you, when you talk about those kind of things, that's what everyone does, big or small. I yeah, mean, yeah. Y- you're going you're gonna to find things. But what I see as a player stepping up and putting money into a machine or thinking about buying a machine, I look at it and the things that jump out to me, first of all, beautiful art package that we talked about, the, the colors are great. Great lighting and GI too, that's very important. And uh, for a guy who is still pretty new to pinball, how did you know to do that? Yeah, well, it's it's funny. I again coming from a position of no real recent history. I guess I had no preconceptions about what you did or didn't do with a pinball machine. So something that was clearly obvious to me was 
side lighting the cabinet to shine down on the play field itself. So there might have been a bit of combination of, I might have been probably a little bit light on in actually accommodating just general GI in the first place. But that combined with, as I said, we've done a number of different things with this particular machine. And, and one of them is, yeah, we have routed out the sides of the cabinets and implemented LED strips that we actually can in the in, cab yeah in the cab and they're all individually addressable so they actually become part of the light show so as we say run a sweep of lights up the play field as you complete a mode it will actually also go up the lights on the side of the cabinet and we can change each light individually and do all those sorts of things so as a player and i think of even some of the greatest players ever keith elwin i've heard even say this too is you don't want to have to look up a lot. Now, first of all, if you do look up, you're going to see a beautiful LCD screen on the back glass, but there's the same one on the lower playfield, a seven inch screen too. That means a lot, especially for you, Greg, where we're trying to figure out your modes. Yeah, that's right. So it's, you know, it's a little bit of extra work because, you know, every, every screen gets doubled. You know, we have to have something being displayed on the back box and, and, and directions being displayed on, on the playfield screen as well. But uh, it is very useful. And, and uh, we've, we've actually had a lot of trial and error trying to get that playfield screen right because you know, we, what we want that to be is something that you can look at quickly as you're playing, get the information you need and really not have to focus on anything on there. But just it just is really obviously showing you what you need to know for that mode or that multi-ball or for whatever point in the game you're at to help you give direction so that you can complete what you need to do. So you've got some big, big news that really is a game changer in pinball. And I thank you for sharing it on Pinball Profile. A lot of people, if you check on the forums, you'll see people concerned with things like dimpling, chipping, and pooling. Haggis Pinball has solved that issue. Do you want to explain this big reveal? Uh, yes. So when we first started to manufacture, I guess I probably followed the same paths as all the other manufacturers do, and we produced in our prototype machines typical playfield construction. And we've suffered the same problems that everybody's talking about at the moment, which is exactly that. It's dimpling and it's pulling. We're not chipping yet, but chipping usually comes after pulling in a period of time. So... I wanted to resolve that and I saw that as a big thing and I wanted to come up with a way to have that as a non-issue moving forward. So what I did is I sat down and I worked with some very clever people and we've come up with a new hybrid substrate for our playfields. It's actually a combined plywood and acrylic top. So it is nine mil plywood and four and a half mil acrylic with a cast printed substrate in between. They are chemically and mechanically bonded. And what it results now in is no dimpling, no pulling, no chipping ever. I'm seeing it firsthand. In fact, I'm gonna walk over right now with a hammer in hand, all right? And you'll see this on haggispinball.com. You'll see this live at TPF. I'm sorry for the loud noise here. That's me taking a hammer to the playfield. I'll do it again. Nothing, nothing. And we have done this. Okay, that's just the hammer test, but you're actually doing something else in the other room. Do you want to explain what's going on in the other room? Yeah, so I, um, what I did was I rigged up, I think there's a few posts recently where I was trying to work out how to rig up a rotational to linear actuator so i needed a way that i could build basically a little rotating cradle yeah. yeah i needed a way that i could take one of the pieces 
of acrylic that we're using as part of our play field and it would basically roll a ball up and down its length 30 times every minute. So it's basically doing it at two seconds to do a pass up and down. That at the moment's been running for almost three days. I think it's two and a half days or so. So it's probably done about 60,000 or 70,000 passes of that ball on that piece of acrylic. And there's not one single mark. So I will let that continue to run probably for the remainder of the week. So we get up around two, three, four hundred thousand passes. Assuming the, uh, the little 3D printed acrylic actuator that I've built lasts, I might just let it keep going till it hits a million. But uh, yeah, that was just to prove and to make sure that this surface is scratch resistance which it is it is yep and it leaves no marks no swirls so that combination of product we think will mean that you will end up with a play field that will look the same way it does when you take it out of the box in 10 or 20 years time that is so important for people putting money into a pinball machine. People want to think about, will it be able to last over a lot of plays? Will it be able to stand up? I have a pristine collection. Will this wear and tear? You got no worries with mm. this. None. Yeah, it was important because as I said, we- I know people that buy machines and heaven forbid, play them. Yeah. They don't play them because yeah. they can't. Well, it's, it's art. Well, this is art that you can play. Yeah, well, look, as I said, we, you know, I went through the process of understanding and working out how to manufacture, a, I guess, a traditional play field, and that's what we had done. And I was suffering the exact same problems that every other manufacturer is suffering. We know how we can resolve the pooling issue, but the reality of the dimpling issue is still a large reality. And look, like most things, I suppose it's it's predominantly a commercial reality that it's a problem because if you wanted to spend 10 or 20 times the cost of manufacture for a play field, I'm sure we could resolve it, but it's just not financially viable because people then wouldn't want to buy it. So I needed to come up with a solution that meant I could still produce a play field of that quality within the price bracket that we have the pinball machine set at. So impressive. I mean, what was that like when you first saw that? I was really, really impressed and especially the color quality in, in what he's been able to do. I think it actually looks even better again than what we had last time. So it's, it's, it, it pops. It really pops out. Those colors are really vivid. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I really love it. Boy, I'm very excited for everyone to see this at TPF. And again, go to haggispinball.com, watch the videos. I'm here firsthand. I'm not paid by Haggis. I promote things that I like in pinball, all right? If I don't like it, I usually don't promote it, all right? <laughs> and let me just say, I'm a big fan of what you're doing, of you personally, of your passion, of your team. And I wanna see this succeed because I can only imagine where this can go from here. And I already like what you've got on the table here. I know everyone at TPF will like it. Boy, I love that the community's kind of reaching out, helping you, and, and it's working, man. It's tough. I, I'm, yeah. I'm so proud of you, but I'm like, wow, you've put a lot into this. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it has been a, I think I was a bit fortunate time-wise when I started this that I was able to actually allocate the time needed to do it. But yeah, I think even I, even I might have slightly underestimated exactly how much work there was because it's been, as I said, almost 18 months, solid slog. And it's, it's, it's predominantly seven days a week, 10 hours a day, and it has been really for most of this time. So I think as George has probably said in the past, if I, if I, get, my, if I get my hands or my hooks into something, it's, it's usually all or nothing. It's sort of go hard or go home type scenario. And this has been no different. It's, it's, I never did this to you know, come second, I guess is a, I guess a phrase. Or I, saw some, I, saw a, I saw a nice phrase the other day where someone had written that I didn't come, I didn't come all this way just to come all this way. So. That's a good point. It's about uh, making sure we get it over the line so we can then get on to pinball number two. Yeah, 
Well, I have all confidence that that will be the case. And also, too, you know, if I'm talking to North Americans here right now and they're listening, and you know how we're all passionate for something like Spooky Pinball and, and the Emery family and how we all enjoy Chuck's passion and what he's done in that small community. We want to see Charlie and Spooky succeed. And to me, this is very similar. This is the same kind of passion I have for Haggis Pinball. And I know my friends feel the same way too here in Australia. So again, excited. Thank you for sharing this. So we're going to see you at TPF. But for those that aren't going, people want to get in touch with you. How do we do so? Okay, we're also attending MGC this year because it's the week after. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, so we, you're all the way across the Well, line. we figured we were all the way there, so it seems crazy. We're going to we're going to grab a car and then do the drive over 3 days, I think, or something yeah. like that. Road trip. Road trip. And we've got our little <laughs> fellow with us. We've got our 4-year-old son with us as well, Ed. So, he'll be joining us as well. So, yeah, we'll be at MGC as well as TPF this year. Other than that, you can get me on uh, haggispinball.com and get us on all the social media feeds. I've got a site just about everywhere i think so you can send me a message in any number of ways yeah and uh really consider making the purchase for celts let the games begin because you're gonna have a unique game you're gonna have a game that lasts you're gonna have a game that has your own clan in it if you really want and uh, why not i would do it me too (laughs) (laughs) thank you for sharing uh this time here at haggis pinball and appreciate you uh showing me this the hammer test yeah thanks appreciate uh, appreciate the airtime jeff this has been your pinball profile you can find our group on facebook we're also on twitter at pinball profile emails pinball profile at gmail.com please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher and check us out on instagram at pinball profile and check out haggispinball.com you'll love it celts let the games begin i'm jeff teolis